Good morning, 20th of February, 2024. Um, people saying this is a, a little early of a stream for me. I usually do my Tuesday, Thursday morning streams at this time. It's just that I've uh, been, that kind of got thrown out the window a little bit when I was sick. I have things I have to do in the morning, typically on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I, I do them a little early. But enough of that. Let's talk today about possibly the most incredible story that's been brewing in the church over the week since the weekend. There had been some people emailed me some articles, but there are certain stories you want to wait till they come to full fruition. And I think this one finally has. So let's go right to um, New Daily Compass with this headline. The uh, Stonecutters won a mea culpa. Catholic Church commits examination of conscience. Not only Cardinal Coco Palmiero's proposal for a permanent roundtable of confrontation, a better word would be dialogue, between the church and the dark houses. At the meeting in Milan, Bishop Staliano shatters the doctrinal approach and clears the way for openness with the stonecutters in the name of mercy. Let's talk about this for a moment, guys. Um, so... This has been brewing for some time. Back in the fall, in November, a document that came out and everybody sort of scratched their heads about why this was released. It came out from the Vatican, I think from Cardinal Fernandez, reiterating the church's stance on the uh, stonecutters. And yes, I'm going to call them the stonecutters, and I'm not going to use the titles of the leaders of the stonecutters because our hosts have a very zero, have a take, they, they, they don't tolerate people talking about that organization on this platform for some mysterious reason. So we're going to give them my cutesy names that I like to call them. And uh, for those who want to know where I got that term from, I, I got it from the Simpsons. They actually had an episode making fun of them many, many, many years ago, and that's what they called them. Go look it up. It's actually pretty funny if you find the Simpsons funny. But um, this document was released in November, just out of the blue, and nobody understood why the Vatican felt it needed to bring this topic back up, other than the fact that there are many Catholics who seem to believe that they can join such organizations that the church has formally condemned and uh, have no problem with it. So apparently the uh, stonecutters want the church, Catholic church to apologize to them. Yeah, that, uh, uh, and one of the main players here is a Cardinal Coco Palmiero, who I have in the past called Car Cardinal Coco Puffs. And there's a good reason I've called him that. He, um, not just because it's a cutesy nickname that you can get from his name, but because he was a figure who was um, engaged in acts of group impurity of the James Martin variety in a Vatican apartment and was uh, Italian. The Italian security forces came to see what was going on there. And that's how we knew about it, because once they knew about it, Italian media knew about it. And once Italian media knew about it, everybody knew about it. So this is the messenger the Vatican sent. One of many messengers, actually. Only one of whom seemed to even have a basic grasp of the issues at hand. Let's go over this story. Quote, Dialogue and even collaboration between the church and the stonecutters must go ahead, perhaps with a permanent table, as Cardinal Francesco Coco Palmiero hopes. But it's even more interesting to know that the significance of dialogue that lies and the fact that the Catholic Church must change, must recognize that it has formed a wrong judgment on that group, and should remove the stigma that prevents so many Catholic stonecutters from receiving communion. 
this is the gist of the historic meeting organized by the GRIS. That's the uh, that's sort of the Italian coalition of stonecutters with a selected audience and close to the press, which took place last Friday, the 16th of February in Milan, with the presence of qualified representatives of the church and the stonecutters. On the one hand, the three uh, top tacos of the three Italian dark houses. On the other hand, the Archbishop of Milan, Mario Delfi Delfini, the aforementioned Cardinal Coco Palmiero, the Franciscan theologians, Zbigniew Suchecki, and above all, Bishop Antonio Staliano, president of the Pontifical Academy of Theology. Okay, so here's your president of the Pontifical Academy of Theology. Remember that one. And the real star of the afternoon, according to what was reported to the Daily Compass by a few present, the three stonecutters, two of whom made their speeches public with different nuances, all defended the compatibility of stonecuttery with the Catholic faith. BC recounted how his growth in the Catholic sphere led him to join uh, one such dark house, Romali ranged from Santa Selmo to Cardinal Zuppi. Venzi stressed how English rituals have been Christian since their origins. Therefore, the church's repeated condemnations, almost 603 centuries, are said to be the result of the church's inability to understand exactly what stonecuttery is. BC also expressed his disappointment at the fact that Pope Francis had opened the church's doors to the James Martin crowd, then to divorcees, but forgot that among the stonecutters, there are also many Catholics who are prevented from receiving communion. And when it came time to grant credentials to a stonecutter ambassador to the Vatican, Francis said no. In short, is it possible that the who am I to judge and the totos, 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 everyone, 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 do not apply to stonecutters? Yes, it is possible. But the top taco, these are the heads of the uh, of the particular dark houses, must be well aware of who he is dealing with. And after every rebuke follows encouragement, following those in the church who practice dialogue and are always willing to ask questions. Thus, in conclusion, he quotes Cardinal Carlo Maria Martini, and, okay, so Martini is the man who made Francis possible. He was going to be Francis before he fell ill and couldn't do it. So he cut the head of one of the uh, stonecutter houses, quotes Cardinal Martini, the man who gave us Francis, and he hopes that one day a pope and a top taco may meet and walk a piece of the road together in the light of the sun, indeed in the light of the great architect of the universe. End quote. Again, I'm not going to say the names of the titles of these org actual organizations because, as it turns out, our hosts on this place take a very, very dim view of anyone talking about them at all. It is what it is. I can't do anything about it. And yes, I am very dismissive and disrespectful of that organization, as should every Catholic, hence why my cutesy nicknames for them. This is not a new topic in the church. 600 condemnations in three centuries. It's one of the very few places with the Post-conciliar church and the pre-conciliar church were, at least on paper and publicly, on the same page. Any true, if you want to defend the hermeneutic of continuity, that's not a bad place to start. It's a weird place to start, but not a bad one. They actually just repeated every condemnation that came before. In all this, the words of Leo XIII come to mind in his encyclical condemning this organization. See, that encyclical is called Humanum Genus, which I recorded for this channel several years ago. You can find it here if you want to. Uh, here are the Pope's warnings about that group. Just a little short excerpt because the thing is probably about a 45 minute long encyclical if you want to listen to it. Pope Leo XIII in Humanum Genus said, quote, Let no one be deceived by a pretense of honesty. It may seem to some that stonecutters demand nothing that is openly contrary to religion and morality. 
but as a whole principle and object of the group lies in what is vicious and criminal. To join with these men or in any way to help them cannot be lawful. End quote. It's worth noting also that 30 years or so after this was written, St. Maximilian Kolbe was in Rome watching a stonecutter march through Rome where they openly promised to tear down the Catholic faith and replace it with their idea of religion. They did this. It's public record. People tend to think of St. Maximilian Kolbe because of his love of Our Lady and the uh, the, the manner in which he, uh, he gave everything for the church. But what people tend not to know about him is that he was a strident opponent to the stonecutters. He publicly worked against the stonecutters for decades and decades and decades. He had a newspaper he had started in Italy, in Rome, to combat them. I mean, it, that was his life's work before the 1930s. Colby asks, how is Cardinal Cocopuff still in the public eye after his outing as well, what he likes to do in his spare time? Um, well, Francis likes to keep men like that around him. It's been a long time since Cardinal Coco Puffs was actually in the public eye for anything. So he's done a very good job of keeping himself close to the chest. All right. There's something going on in the chat here. Um, oh, please keep Chesty Marine in your uh, prayers, please. He had a very bad sort of uh, personal emergency on Ash Wednesday. Keep him in your prayers, please. <clears throat> um uh, Patrick says the last person was a member of that organization. Um, that's heavily disputed. Malachi Martin disagrees with that entire thing. He actually says it was uh, a member that the uh, person who uh, removed him from this mortal coil was uh, somebody from the uh, Great Bear of the East's um, sort of uh, snooping operations, to say it to put it mildly, from the other you know from the other side in the Cold War. That's who Malachi Martin said, and he gives a lot of good evidence for it. So. Not saying it's not a lot of overlap between those organizations. There are, but I would go with Malachi Martin on this one. Um, Sonny Jim says, whenever we dialogue or discuss a faith, it is we who are the one that compromises. That is true. It's, it seems to have been a consistent problem in the post-conciliar church, too. Laura reminds us the stonecutters uh, adore the moon. That's why Revelation 12, 1 is the moon under her feet. I've seen other interpretations of why Revelation 12 one shows the moon under her feet, including um, the other sort of so-called Abrahamic tradition from the from the Holy Land. But yes, everyone, keep um, Chesty Marine in your prayers, please. Catholic Era says St. Colbe saw it coming. He absolutely did. He absolutely saw it coming. Um, I will remind people that Our Lady of the Good Event of the Purification actually warned about that group too she did so again this is this is what we get for the um this is what happens when you have this sort of rampant dialogue and accompaniment and it, it's taken to its logical end so we go to life site with their headline vatican cardinal calls for permanent catholic stonecutter dialogue a historic joint event I think there's evolution and mutual understanding of relations between Catholics and the group. Cardinal Francesco Coco Puffs reportedly stated, 50 years ago there was less understanding, but things have moved on, and I hope these encounters don't stop there. Uh, he's not a man I want to hear anything about encounters from, given some of the stuff we know he's involved with, kind of encounters he's, he's fond of. This would be tantamount to the church overtly rejecting the authority of papal magisterium from the 
pre-conciliar anti-modernist era. This would be as overt of it as the, as the getting rid of the oath against modernism. This will absolutely, if this comes to fruition, fuel add fuel for set of a contest movements. This will uh, help. This will send people out of the church. You know, there are Protestant groups who have the same stance on the stonecutters that the Catholic church does and always have. This will send people away from the Catholic church. If this comes to fruition and Cardinal Coco Palmero doesn't seem to care about that. doesn't care about what has come before the idea that the church, that, that 200 years of popes or 300 years of popes almost have been wrong about this organization is remarkable, truly remarkable, especially since we know that they were working overtly to subvert the church. We know this from a document called The Permanent Destruction of the Alta Vendita, which I have recorded on this channel. It's a, um, a document that was discovered and brought to the attention of the reigning pontiff at the time, who was Pope Leo XIII, who used the money from his own personal family wealth to have the thing published and translated into all the major languages in the church, English, German, you name it. And then uh, he passed away before he was done with that project. And so Pope St. Pius X continued that project. And then they had the document dispersed to all the bishops' conferences of the world. Well, to the bishops, there were no conferences at the time, but he sent them to the bishops of the world to make sure that the laity knew not to be involved with this organization. And the document expels out what they want to do to the church. Francis is the pontiff of the permanent destruction of the Alta Vendita, the one they describe in that book. I have it recorded on this channel. You can find it. It's one of the earliest things I ever recorded. This it would be a repudiation of Leo XIII and Pope St. Pius X. Keep that in mind. So from LifeSite News, we get this quote. The Catholic Church has consistently and firmly forbidden Catholics from joining the Stonecutters, which was restated by the Vatican in recent weeks, back in November. Pope Clement XII's 1739 papal bull in Eminanti judged that the organization, so serious a matter, and membership in it so dangerous that he opposed an automatic excommunication, latte sententia, on any Catholic who joined them. Such teaching has remained constant and was the subject of another conference attendee's talk. Father Zbigniew Zuczecki, a professor at the Pontifical Theological Faculty of St. Bonaventure and an expert on the Stonecutters, highlighted the church's teaching and condemnation of membership in the organization. Suchecki is known for consistently noting the incompatibility of Catholicism with stonecuttery. This is a modern prelate say, telling you this, okay? He is... There are some things that don't actually change. And uh, I'm happy to see this priest giving this kind of a talk here. Let's continue. But citing details provided by attendees, La Nueva Busola Quotidiana, a good Italian news outlet, reported that though Suchecki gave a learned report on the church's pronouncements against the organization, he was somewhat snubbed by Bishop Antonio Staliano, president of the Vatican's Pontifical Academy of Theology and a fellow attendee. Suchecki told LifeSite News that he believed too much time was given to the stonecutters during the event, adding that in response to LifeSite highlighting Busi's claim, the church just misunderstood the organization, the position of the church remains unchanged. According to La Nueva Basola Quotidiana, Bishop Staliano, quote, gave a long speech show tearing apart the doctrinal approach on the Catholic side and basically going along with the demands of the stonecutter exponents. 
Staliano had been due to expound on the reasons for, quote, irreconcilability between the Catholic Church and the Stonecutters, but La Nueva Bosola Quotidiana reported that he, in fact, criticized the Vatican's November document that reaffirmed the Church's teaching prohibiting Catholics from joining them. The bishop reported in La Nueva Bosolo Quotidiana's sources from the event, quote, demonstrated great familiarity with several stonecutter exponents while in the room, end quote. That means he showed a great familiarity with their values, with their positions on things, as if he was an expert on the subject, which one could argue he was invited to speak on the Vatican's behalf on the church's teaching on things. You could expect him to be one. But the sort of the implication here in this reporting is that he had a lot of familiarity as if from personal experience with the stonecutters. And he argued that it was compatible with Catholicism. And I'm going to remind you that the church had an office that was, has an office that at one time was called the Holy Office. Before that was called the Inquisition. Cardinal Fernandez is the current head of that organization, and he should investigate that bishop. He does head that organization, and it's his job to keep priests and bishops in line with church teaching. And that bishop is publicly denying the validity of decrying a formal document that Francis had put out just a few months ago that reiterated what the church has always said about the organization. Cardinal Fernandez should bring the kind of accompaniment and dialogue down on that bishop that was sent down on the likes of Joseph Strickland. After all, that he is now undercutting the church's authority on the subject. He is undercutting the church, the authority of Francis and the magisterium of Francis on this subject. So he should be given the same dialogue and accompaniment and general treatment that Bishop Strickland was given as a response to this, because this is an issue that there is no room on. 300 years of popes have said the same thing. A message from Our Lady, not that the Vatican cares about such, in the 17th century, if almost a century before this organization even fully took form. They existed, but they weren't like what they would be almost a century later. But Our Lady warned about this. This is something that should be taken very, very seriously by Rome. Now, <laughs> the uh, the other thing here that um, that's in this that we need to talk about a little bit was something that came from, it's a detail in those articles that is not very much reported on, but Diane Montagna picked up on it. If you don't remember Diane Montagna, she is a, she is the American journalist in Rome, accredited to the Holy See. She helped co-author Christus Vincent with Bishop Schneider, um, and uh, among other things. She is famously during the Synod last fall was one who said, who kept asking the really pointed hard questions to the Synod bishops and doing so on camera. And I showed you some of the video footage of that from that time. She noticed in these interviews that because she's sure she has the new daily compass article. She points out that at Friday's closed door meeting in Milan on the Catholic church and the stonecutters, Bishop Stalliano, president of the restyled pontifical Academy of theology uses fiducia supplicants to argue for greater openness to the stonecutters. <laughs> because why, why would, why, why not at this point, right? This is, we all, we all knew, every single person knew that fiducia supplicants would have big consequences for the church, big consequences, that eventually all sorts of other things would come out of the woodwork being demanded to be made okay by the church because of fiducia supplicants. And guess what? No, I don't think anybody had stonecutters on that list, but here we are, here we are, because of course they're demanding that everything be made okay and acceptable in the springtime of the church of the new advent checking in with the live chat here 
Oh, he says, I bet all here are introverts. Eh, I'm kind of on the cusp of one side and the other. Uh, David Wilson agrees that uh, he he is uh, that Francis is the pontiff that the Alta Vendita definitely was explicitly asking for. I mean, take a look at it. I mean, just go read that document. It's on there. It's online in full. Kafgara says a very spicy thing in the chat that I won't put on screen, but it's a uh, it's a dialogue with uh, the support Moloch ritual types, uh, James Martin crowd, modernists, and uh, very various ideologues and stone cutters is like watching your mother. Uh, redacted <laughs> that's all i can say it's a pretty it's pretty spicy um diane stroud says makes you wonder why the vatican is so eager to shut down the tlm makes me want to go to it even more oh it's it's this goes beyond the liturgy even though the liturgy is kind of the, the pivot point for in the faith for everything how we live our lives and how we understand our faith and it's so you understand it but it is kind of odd isn't it all this dialogue and accompaniment talk and then we get meetings with the stonecutters and this call for like a permanent council between the two of them to dialogue and get along and all sorts of things. Um, let's see. Damien says, if automatic excommunications happen, how many bishops are fit to consecrate the, uh, do the consecration as called for in Fatima, let alone the Pope illumination of conscience will have to happen. Um, there's a lot of things that get you an automatic excommunication and there's a lot, a lot of these bishops have de facto excommunicated themselves. That's one of the things that, that makes it so hard to understand like for people, the state of things in the church right now and why it so blows my mind. Like there was somebody I encountered on social media recently who decided that uh, they're coming into the church now and decided to start a Catholic podcast, which I, I don't advise anybody to do. If you're going to, if you're in RCIA, this is not the time for that. Wait a few years, maybe. Okay. Um, and came out hard for the traditional side and then got talking to people. And they told him that uh, Fiducia Supplicans was a magisterial document. No, several of the good bishops have said it's not actually magisterial. It's just Francis's ravings. It's a good idea in this diabolic this period of diabolic disorientation to uh cling to the actual bishops who are good as best as you can and to uh to learn the faith um because there's so much of the church leadership has de facto excommunicated itself at some point a bit of pope in the future it's gonna have to figure all this stuff out sonny jim what next let's dialogue with the temple of moloch to look for common ground yeah that sounds about right um Kakligaro says, Jesus mentioned the uh, hammer and sickle adherence by name in the Holy Face Revelations to Sister Marie of St. Peter in 1843. Good old Carl publishes his uh, book in 1848, and the great miracle on the Vale of Veronica was 1849. Re yeah, there's a lot of symbolism there, and I should actually go do a video on that at some point. That's a good reminder of that. Is this alleged Pope really a deeply devout Catholic who loves God or man? Um... I will let you decide that. I will just tell you this much that he's uh, clearly uh, allied himself with secular secularism on this. But if you ever really need proof that the things in the church are as bad as we say, the idea of a permanent council between the stonecutters and the Vatican, and the, even the idea that the Catholic church has to make it to a mea culpa for upholding for 300 years of popes, all saying the same thing about that organization. And that, that organization openly being very hostile to the Catholic church. That tells you everything. 
Um, Darlene wants to know how that organization got started. Um, it was started with um, back in like the 13th century or something with um, the, it, widespread travel was not a thing at that time, but there were certain groups who were able to, aside from clergy and nobility, um, those who have, who had, were highly skilled laborers, like those who work with stone, who could build cathedrals and churches and castles and things. They did. And they'd start developing their own system of handshakes and other things to recognize and communicate with one another. They began organizing and it was fine for a while until certain interests started taking notice of them. And this would include uh, heavy influence by our so-called elder brothers of the faith and other organizations. And they became a problem well before the eight, early 18th century when they formalized their big dark houses, as I call them, in Paris and London and a few other places. They had become a problem by then. But then they formalized in like 1713, I think it is. And that's when uh, Pope Clement, the I think 12th that I quoted earlier, issued his statements against them. And that's the top down, you know, 10,000 foot version of it. This organization has been around a long, long time. But they became very formal during the so-called Enlightenment. Um, what happened to that Amazonian right they were working on? Probably still a work in progress. Although I don't know why it would take them this long to make that since the uh, the new mass didn't take them this long. Um, Andy Griffith says they were originally an honest workers guild. Yeah, they were originally, but their organization was attractive to outsiders. Reformed Stoics, as he hates to say it, but the Knights of that the the, the, uh, the the knights are exactly like them. Yeah, they are in a lot of places. Not everywhere. A lot of times they're just a dad's organization. Other places they're a very good Catholic organization. But in some places they're no different. Um, Hill Summit says, I've "Been listening and thinking, and all that comes to mind is Tenete Traditiones." Uh, email me a link to that. I'm not sure what you're referring to, but I'm, I haven't had my coffee until now. I'm running pretty late this morning. Um, 1717, Antonio says, yeah, So, but they existed pre, pre before that. After all, they couldn't come together at the same year in various cities and organize themselves so they hadn't exactly uh, existed beforehand. Please do a Holy Face devotion talk. Jesus promised he will defeat revolutionary men with through this devotion. The confraternity of the Holy Face is elevated to an arch confraternity. Yeah, I just need to do some research on it, but I, I, I do. I should, and I'll probably do it from the prophecy angle because people really like that. And then you know, rope them in with the prophecy side and then say, look, this is what it's about. This is how you do it. This is how you can really uh, fight back for the church. Chris Exton says, Strickland's removal is going to, is going down to haunt the Vatican despite the obscurity of his archdiocese. The wrong and unjust nature removal some by pathetic Cardinal DiNardo as not feasible. You know, the thing about it is, I received a message this morning from a priest who, um, or last night after I'd gone to bed, from a priest who gave me his predictions for um, what's going to happen in Texas with the bishops conference there, that Francis is going to remake the bishops Texas conference entirely. Basically, he's going to have an opportunity to do that this year. And somebody need to look into it more. But um, I don't know if uh, Strickland's removal is going to haunt the Vatican immediately, but in the long term it will. Um, <laughs> Flea bite says, surely as a small community of faith, we can do better than 30% hitting the like button. Uh, yeah, please hit the like button. It would greatly help. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Fleabitus. Appreciate that. Um, 
did they openly start in England? I don't, that one, I don't know. I know people who are experts in this stuff and I could ask them, but uh, a lot of, I have a friend of mine who is very much knowledgeable about this group and other groups who've been trying to undermine the church. He's done a lot of study on their, that subject, but he's also kind of just washed his hands of the crisis in the church at this point. He's just had enough. <clears throat> um, weren't the found, weren't, weren't America's founders members of that group? Yes, they were. Um, and the Statue of Liberty is a symbol of that, actually. As much as I admire the statue as a piece of artwork, it's and its sort of cultural significance in America, it is clearly a symbol for them. Um, all right, folks, if there are any questions in the chat, yeah, Catholic Arrows, please email me some links you think that are good for both the prophecy side and the basics of the Holy Face devotion. Send me an email, link in the description box. Make sure I can... Um, I see it. I have like almost 900 emails in my inbox again, despite the fact that I went through a cleaning of it recently. Again, for those watching, please don't include me on your email chains to your priests or CC me on things unnecessarily or, you know, send me links to news articles. I have nothing to do with what I cover on this channel. Please don't do that. It just, it makes it hard for me to do my job. So please, please, but uh, Catholic Arrows, please send me that information. Um, James says uh, they started in Scotland. Lawrence St. Clair is a descendant of... Uh, okay, there you go. Uh, Master Switch has been a member for two months and is using his channel membership super chat, which, uh, again, if you're a channel member watching this, you get a super chat, like free super chat, like I think once a month or something. It says, great program today. Thank you so much. I appreciate your support, and thanks for the kind words. Um, they have a big temple in Arlington. They had one. Uh, I'm from Portland, Oregon, and they had a big one too there. Actually, um, weirdly, <laughs> just off, just outside of downtown, I'd have to walk past it on my way to work. Frequently, it was kind of weird. Fatima Center has a booklet on the Holy Face devotion. Okay, that's a good source too. All right, folks. If there's anything else in the chat, this is your time to get them in. Otherwise, I will ask you, as always, to pray for the church in this time, especially now that we've got. This uh, dialogue and accompaniment going the uh, the logical route that it would you would expect it to go. <laughs> Who in the church can lead a counter to this? Um, presumably the next pontiff, whoever that is. Beyond that, how do you oppose a sitting uh, pontiff? How do you oppose? I mean, it would be nice if Francis did one once in a while. He does something just unequivocally Catholic, where he comes down and says no to something like that document on the subject from last fall. Maybe be nice if he had Fernandez respond to this way I suggested, but I, I doubt it. It's going to happen. Uh, Daniel, no, that document, which I will not put on screen, is def. Uh, I, I cannot. I can't verify one way or the other on that one. I can't even mention it by name. Please don't put that in my chat. Um, all right, folks. Thanks very much for tuning in today. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.